Welcome to the Monkey House. It's me here in the year 2024. And I'm about to be in Sydney and Brisbane. Sydney from the 8th to the 12th of May. Brisbane from the 16th to the 19th of May doing my show, Drier Drier, at the respective comedy festivals in those cities. But I'm also, uh, while I'm up there, I figured I had a couple of days to kill. So I'm doing a Who Knew It With Matt Stewart on Monday the 13th of May at the Chippendale Hotel and in Brisbane at Good Chat Comedy on the 14th of May. And you can get tickets for all of that. Now, go to mattstewartcomedy.com for the links. mattstewartcomedy.com. Now, on with the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Welcome to Primates, the podcast that looks at primates in popular culture from Chimpanzee all the way down to Chimpanzee. This week on the program, joining me in the monkey house, we've got two returning guests, some of my favourite primates in the whole world. We're here in Edinburgh town, live from a lounge room. It's Mr. Dave Warnicky and Miss Jess Perkins. Hey. Do you go by Miss? I don't know. I wish I didn't start with well, Mr. I'm and Miss. I'm not Mrs., am I? Ms. Ms. I tick Ms on forms. And I go as master, as we all know. My credit oh, card yeah. says yeah. master, despite the fact that I'm 28 years old and a master is someone who's under 18. Yeah. And master that's why David. I don't go, That's why I don't choose Miss. Because I'm like, I'm beyond Miss. I pay my taxes. I will be referred to as Ms. Oh, Thank you. I miss people that don't pay their taxes. Yes. They've missed paying their taxes. Correct. And Ms. I, Perkins. Ms. Yeah. I'm an unmarried woman and I'm fine with it. Oh. <laughs> Roar. <laughs> Roar. Roar. What I meant to say was no. Roar. Get married <laughs> now. If you don't know Dave and Jess, they're from Where have you been? I do called Do Go On. And that is the reason why we're here in Edinburgh, because we're about to do a live one uh, in a couple of nights' time. So, Jess, Dave, Hello. thank you so much for joining us here in the Monkey House. I mean, Great we, to be here in the Monkey House. We had no choice. Uh, we are obviously all staying together on this tour. Yeah, Jess and I are trying to go to sleep and you just ch- chuck yeah. these microphones in our faces. It's late, we're jet lagged, I want to go to bed. But yeah, no, absolutely, happy to be here. What Did, did you think we just watched Ace Ventura Pet Detective for fun? Because <laughs> I wasn't having fun. <laughs> I didn't hear anyone laughing. Did you? No. Except for that guy who made all those funny noises. Yeah. And there's three of us and only two couches here. <laughs> Only two, like we're some kind of animals. No, uh, we're real plebs. Man, Ace, I had to share a couch. Ace Ventura should be sorting us out. We're animals. This Airbnb that Dave organised is a palace. Oh, I cannot believe. We're staying right in the middle of the city and it's costing less than I pay in rent at home 
for a month. But that makes sense because we're only staying here for a couple of days. <laughs> that does make sense. <laughs> Basically, for a spend month. a month's rent on one night. <laughs> and somehow Matt thinks it's a good deal. <laughs> I don't understand money very much. <laughs> no, you're not very good at it. But yeah, it's a, it is a palace with the tiniest bathroom. Yes, it's quite the pad, but every so everything. Imagine everything being ginormous except the bathroom. Our bedrooms are huge, bigger, probably bigger than my large room at home in Australia. But my but my bathroom at home is four times the size of this bathroom, and that's not a brag on my part. Right, that's just how small this bathroom. Yes, is. it really is a glorified cupboard that somehow they've managed to shove a bath. Yeah, in. that was definitely a cupboard, wasn't it? Prior to a renovation. Yeah. Anyway. Thanks for having us. Yeah, what did they do before? I, my theory is Shat in buckets. Shat in buckets and just tossed them out the window. And showered in buckets. All these... <laughs> Hopefully not the same bucket. Yeah, no, you've got to get your bucket system down track. All these buildings here in, in Great Britain uh, and the UK and all the UK are real old and they are from before times when people had showers and toilets. Yeah. So that, uh, as an afterthought, squeeze one in the cupboard, but which is what ne- they did before they had toilets. They used to squeeze one <laughs> in is the that, cupboard. Is that an expression? I'm just got to go squeeze one in the cupboard, then we can go. <laughs> but, but we've also needed bathrooms for a really long time now, so you'd think the buildings would have caught up. Dave told me an amazing fact yesterday. There was a time before baths. Yeah, I was in the room too. <laughs> yeah, but he said it to we've me. We've been stuck together. For this whole what, time. four days now. And it's, it's too many days. Yeah. It's, it's great. I'm loving it. It's so good to be here in Scotland in my homeland because Stuart obviously is a Scottish name. Is it? Yeah. It means Stye Warden, um, which, Stye I, Warden. which turns out not to mean King of the Pig Pen like I thought it did. Ah, it's more like oh. a Stye. It's more like Stye's, like, I think it's like head of the house sort of thing. Ah. Like a steward. My, ah. grandpa, like my grandfather was also born here, and uh, next year will be 100 years since he was born here wow. in Scotland. Over in a, a small, smallish village called Straven. Ah, Straven. Straven. Not that far from Glasgow, which isn't that far from us, so maybe you could get to Straven. No. I, I did go there with my mum and visit some, uh, some ancestors. So been there, done that. Yeah, well, I, mean, gonna, I, was, I was 11 and I could not understand anything. They owned a farm and the farmer, I couldn't understand a word. We're going to Glasgow <laughs> tomorrow, so maybe we could go by there then. Oh, yeah. my, my ancestors are from Perthshire in uh, Blair Athol, a small village. I've been there before as well, but I think it's maybe it's a bit far for us to go tomorrow. My family's from Sligo and Galway. Are we going to oh, go there Galway, tomorrow? Both an island. No, Sligo is an island. Well, I want to go there. <laughs> My Irish ancestry is from Kalani. Anyway, there's the end of our new boring segment called... I loved it. People talking about old stuff too much. Old stuff. I mean, the places oh, still exist. That is a catchy segment. <laughs> this week, we're going to be talking about the movie Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. It was Jim Carrey's first uh, feature film. Uh, and it, it a shot A bold him. introduction. It really was. <laughs> he didn't... And, it, you know, like, he didn't ease into the role. Yeah. He... I, I assume he was nominated for multiple awards, possibly Academy Awards for this role. If Raz not, Academy. <laughs> if not, robbed. Yeah. No, he was robbed because I don't think that happened. Um, this was actually suggested uh, by a couple of people, Sophie from Melbourne and also Daryl Finland from Ipswich in the UK. Based on how they both suggested it, I think Sophie li- liked the idea of us ripping it uh, and Daryl Finland remembers the movie fondly. Okay. One of you's probably going to be satisfied with the episode. 
This is from... <laughs> Find out which one right now. This is from Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, if, for those who don't aren't familiar with the film, here's a little breakdown. When your dog, bird or water-dwelling mammal disappears, who do you call? Ace Ventura, played by Jim Carrey, is a low-rent private eye who specialises in recovering lost animals. So when Snowflake, Miami Dolphin's aquatic mascot, is kidnapped, team representative Melissa Robinson, played by Courtney Cox, puts Ace on the case. However, Snowflake isn't the only Miami Dolphin who's gone missing. Several key members of the team also disappear, including quarterback Dan Marino, who plays himself, who is spirited away while filming a TV commercial with the Super Bowl only two weeks away. Will Ace be able to find a Snowflake and Snowflake and the missing athletes in time to salvage the big game? Okay, firstly, that gives away a lot. Secondly, if you're going to name a dolphin, do you name it Snowflake? Yeah, that doesn't seem like a weird name for it. There's no correlation there at all. What would a dolphin be doing in the snow? I would have called it Wet Lips. Yes. Oh, that's good. I love that. Or wet beak, because they probably don't have lips. Rusty blowhole. Rusty blowhole. <laughs> that is definitely... <laughs> a porn name. Well, I was thinking of a manoeuvre. <laughs> Come on, baby, let's do the rusty blowhole. Yeah, right, it's an old school dance. Oh, yeah. The rusty blowhole. Yeah. It's all on the hips. Yeah. I would have called it a uh, Dolphy Parton. Oh, okay. Oh, very good. So there's <laughs> lots of better options than Snowflake. Yeah. Snowflake, I, I, is that a real... Because the Miami Dolphins is a real NFL team. Yes, and... Uh, and Dan Marino was a real player for them that you mentioned that plays right. himself in the film. But is that I mascot looked, real? I looked up the Miami Dolphins mascot and it um, it's... This, but this came in in 97, a few years after the film. It's called TD the Dolphin. Or no, short for the dolphin. And that's the official mascot. They had a... TD, short for the dolphin. That's... My friends call me TD. Yeah, that's pretty... But um, So, obviously, they didn't put much thought into it. They just quickly picked a name, TD. It's obviously so... T- no, wrong. Oh, that took a lot of... That took a panel, did it? The uh, committee went to vote, did oh, they? 13,000 uh, names were suggested in and a contest. They chose the dolphin. You're <laughs> shitting me. They chose the dolphin. Because there's always terrible things that are chosen. From those, 528 names were suggested. And then they had a banquet. Uh, Hang on, so you're saying 13,000 people voted. Yeah. 528. Names were taken as suggestions. What about the other 12,500? In the bin. <laughs> They weren't, they were wor- so much worse than the dolphin. Wow. <laughs> they and then what happened? So it goes to 500. What, how do they get to, how do they whittle it down? I reckon uh, the big man, the boss, he he just went, uh, who I assume the the character from the movie is real. Yep. Um, what was his name? Donald Trump? No. Ronald, Ronald Rump. Something like that. Ronald. Ronald Kemp. Kemp. Um, and yeah, I reckon him, I reckon he's real. So basically he, he said, I want to call it the Dolphin. And they went, no worries, you're a billionaire. Sure, you own the team. Yeah. So the competition was void. That's classic. The Isn't Dolphin. That, yeah, that's... And they called it TD. Democracy is broken. I've yeah. said that for a long time. You have. And, I mean, obviously, this and this is going back to the mid-90s, so... Before Ronald Rump was president. And before bo- Bodie McBoatface. That's true. It was also before 9-11. It was a more innocent time. A we were naive back world. then. It was. Oh, yes. I barely remember it. We didn't know any better. Well, mm. you've you've lived your life in chaos. Yeah. But it wasn't always that way. Ha- what? Yeah. Uh, what, what did you guys think of the film? Um. Wow, Matt, that's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I actually, I think I'm, I was the only one of the three of us that had never seen it. 
Yeah. Oh, you've never seen it at all? Never seen Ace Ventura Pet Detective. One oh. of those ones frequently referenced and I'm always like, yeah, when people make references, like, yeah, like Ace Ventura and you're like, <laughs> great. You're like, all righty then. <laughs> In re-watching it, I'm amazed a sequel was made. Yeah. Oh, but did you like it the first time? Oh, I think it, I was a child. Yeah. Well, like, it came out in 94, so I was four. So I think by the time I actually saw it, I might have been six or seven. And I'm sure I found it fine. I saw it on, on VHS. I reckon I was about 12-ish. Mm. And I remember loving it. But yeah, maybe that says something. Because I didn't particularly love it this time around. I found it like his Jim Carrey was like quite annoying. Oh, yeah, I wanted to punch him in the face. But I guess that was his the point. But it was too much. Like, there's that kind of character and that intensity. Like, Robin Williams could be a lot as well. But but Jim Carrey's facial expressions were too much. He knew it was his big chance. This was his first time on the big screen. He needed to give it his all. He wanted well, to fill the screen, yeah. chew up the scene. <laughs> it basically was just a Jim Carrey fest. Yeah. This whole film. The yeah. scene There were scenes stolen by a capuchin monkey... A few times, which made made this movie relevant to this podcast. That's how it qualifies. Yeah, I believe uh, the monkey was played by a monkey called Binks, and he was sort of Ace's roommate, one of many animals to share Ace's apartment well, against the landlord's rules. It's nice to call them roommates, though, and not pets. Yeah. It's nice of you. Oh, yeah. I'm kind of like living with your parents and calling them your roommates. Or <laughs> calling them your pets. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, I gotta go home and feed the pets. Yeah, the bitch. <laughs> Come here. Which is a, a female dog. That's just yeah. a line from the movie. Yeah. The bitch. <laughs> ah, the bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Your impression's getting pretty good, though. Thank I gotta you. say. All righty then. <laughs> <laughs> We're so tired. We're so tired. <laughs> hey, have you have you guys ever wondered in the hour or so since we watched the movie about his hair and how it all came to be? Uh, yes. I've wondered that during the movie. It is a pretty wild do. It is a great it's do. It's very whiffed. Yeah. That's a real swirl. There's a yeah, swoop it's a swirl. to it. And then there's also like you a You can mul- hang ten off that there's a mul- Yeah, there's a mullet at the back that then sort of half pipes down. Yeah. It's a gnarly hairdo. There's a hard straight part down the side as well. Yeah. We can see scalp. Love that. It looks a bit like on. one of those... I um, love to know there's scalp there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know those, uh, those rock and rollers? Those people that have like like um, hair that goes like sort of straight up Johnny yeah. Bravo style. So rockabilly. Sort of, yeah, that rockabilly quiff. look. He sort of has a bit of that going on. On, but then adds in a little bit. Now that I'm, I'm now that I've opened my eyes for the first time during this recording and looked at your head, that hat on your head looks a little bit like a a toned down, very ace. toned, a muted ace, a Ventura. muted Ventura, yes, Moot Ventura. Yet you claim <laughs> to have never seen the film mm. before. Yeah, I've, insp- Curious. I've been inspired by mm. him. I like to call this do the all righty then. <laughs> Oh, righty then. Uh, anyway, the hairstylist on the film, Pauletta Lewis, was working with Jim Carrey. And uh, this is from filmscouts.com. She was responsible for the now infamous. <laughs> infamous. Or infamous, depending on, mm. on the region and dialect you're speaking. Uh, the infamous Ace Hairdo, originally created for Ace Ventura Pet Detective, Lewis, ex- which is this movie, Lewis explains its <laughs> origins. I'm surprised it wasn't created for something else. I think she was talking, this is talking about the sequel. Uh, I was, this is now from Paletta. I was working with him on In Living Colour, which is a big 
TV comedy show in the 90s when he asked me to design his hair for a movie called Ace Ventura. Design my hair is a weird sentence. He's kooky all the time. I need you to design my hair. I need an architect. Uh, The look he told me he wanted was like a cockatoo from the back and normal from the front. So I started going to pet stores, getting books on birds. And that's how the Ace Do was born. Oh, this is pre-Google Images. She definitely nailed the normal at the front. <laughs> not. <laughs> not. Oh, that was a classic was Dave great. not. Yeah, that was great. Oh, that was inspired by uh, what I imagine some, something that Ace Ventura would say. Definitely. You got, you got Dave nodded. Yeah, and that's... That hurts. That, that stings. Hurt. That is a big sting. Hey, there's no shame in being beaten by the best. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true too. Not. <laughs> Oh, hang on. <laughs> My joke is being used against me. I can't handle that. So I think the movie was it was pretty brief. It was less than an hour and a half long. And I think probably about 40 minutes was made up of him saying, Le Hooser. <laughs> Le Hooser. Yeah, I reckon if you go to IMDb and it says like key quotes, it's all just different variations of him saying loser. 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 That is, and that was a big, big burn in 1994. Then. I reckon we could bring that back I reckon we've just done it It's back now Starting with you, Warnicky Hey Dave, you big loser Oh, God, it burns Yeah, that was good, Matt (laughs) Yeah, you don't win at stuff You're a a loser (laughs) of life Were there there any moments There were a a few times I had a bit of a a laugh Did you enjoy any of the movies? Yeah, you know, there were definitely bits that I did laugh at Totally (laughs) I mean, some of the even still immature stuff still appeals to me He, um... Go, there's one scene where he goes off into the, to he says he's going to the bathroom, but really he's going to <laughs> the billionaire's house <laughs> undercover. <laughs> and basically, he goes into the bathroom, which, as you pointed out, or which one of you pointed out, um, now people know where he is. He could have just sn- snuck off, and no one would have cared. But he says, "Oh, I've got to go to the bathroom." Because he says, of, uh, "Hopefully the." <laughs> What's well, like the pate. The, the pate looks better going out. Yeah. And then he grabs his, like, his bottom and runs to the <laughs> John, locks himself in, then sneaks out the back, does this terrible reconnaissance mission, and the guy like is a collector of fish and he thinks he's stolen the dolphin. So he falls into a shark tank looking for the dolphin and then it just cuts to him emerging from the toilet, covered in water, pants absolutely <laughs> shredded by the shark. And he, he just goes... And there's a line of people in the toilet at this stage. Because he's been like half an hour in there. <laughs> try, not trying to draw attention to himself. And he just goes, Woo! Nobody go in there! Woo! <laughs> and then Jess demanded that she would say that every time she goes to the bathroom from now on. I forgot what I went just before. I'm I didn't. Sorry. I did didn't. It. I did, did it. the line. Yeah. It was a strong demand. And you co- with the choreographed sort of dance move you did with it. Oh, so I did enjoy that. The only thing you had missing was you didn't fill your pocket with water and, and uh, oh, he slapped, splash it over slapped the, the pocket and splashed a man. <laughs> yeah, the butler who was standing nearby. So it's funny to wet the butler. Oh, yeah. That's good comedy. <laughs> I did enjoy that. I also enjoyed the scene where he's trying to get one of the police officers to help him and give him some information. So instead of talking to him with his <laughs> face, he turns around and uses his hands to spread his butt cheeks to talk to the police officer through his butt. That I enjoyed. That's good fun. Because I distinctly remember doing that after seeing the film. (laughs) To my brother, obviously, because kids are gross. But that's 
gold. I can't remember any of the, and it was all ass puns he was doing. Did he say something like "excuse me" or something? I think so. Yeah. What What I loved about that scene was he here he is being his crazy self. Then he starts talking through his ass, and the cop he's talking to is just being so completely reasonable. Like, no man, I'm gonna get in trouble. You better get out. Oh, I can't be seen talking to you like this. I can't tell you. He's just so reasonable. The the cop he's talking to, of course, being Tone Loke, the rapper uh, from the uh, well, the very very early '90s, whose fa- uh, big hits included Wild Thing, Wow, 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 and Funky Cold Medina. Wow, a couple of big, big hits. But I also read that he was, at that stage, the biggest star in the movie when it went into production. Oh, wow. B- because of... Oh, I suppose because these those two songs were big hits. And where is he now? Oh, he's just riding that wave. Fuck yeah, that's, that's the way to do it. I would love to be a one-hit wonder. I would love to just do one good thing and then make heaps of cash from that and then just... Royalties. Isn't it funny that that's seen as like, uh, uh, like a negative? Uh, you're a one-hit wonder. It's like, oh, imagine no. having one huge uh, success in your life that funds the rest of your life comfortably. A loser. <laughs> yeah, you'd feel like a real loser. And you get to like live in relative privacy, have a normal family life, and yeah. just coast. Just occasionally. Be um, get a Google alert on your name for being in a, a one hit wonder blog. Fine. Where whatever. are they now? I mean, if you didn't don't want... have Google alerts, yes, yeah, so just don't have a Google alert. If you don't oh, want okay. I'm Tone Loke, and I'm not having a Google alert on myself. Grow up. Is he going to hear this then? Yeah, of course he is. He's <laughs> Google alerts are so sophisticated now that they can pick up us butchering the pronunciation of his name. I'm assuming. Do you do you know if that's how you pronounce pronounce his name? Oh boy! <laughs> oh, that's definitely a pronounce. Yeah, right. Because it it's about tone T O N E. No, it's, I've heard, it's. I think it's tone loke. I've heard that. I'm tone sure loke. It sounds I'm a big sick. Fan I love that tone loke. Funky cold Medina. What funky is a cold, cold Medina? Medina? Obviously, I know what funky is. I always imagined it was a cocktail, but is that probably not true? I thought it was a. I or is it a car? I imagine the car for some reason, but I don't know why. Funky cold. Well, I don't want a cold car. Cold cocktail, but then. you're a funky. No, but it doesn't matter. I need to be comfortable in the car. Cold? No, thank you. It's a it's a city in Saudi Arabia. Okay, that's definitely. I've just typed in Medina, and that's the first thing that came up. All right, mm. funky cold Medina though. That was from 1989. I'm sorry, I asked the question. You can stop googling. It was a beautiful question. We need to know, Dave. You find out while I tell you a few of the the key Thanks. figures about this film. Released in February 1994, running at under uh, 90 minutes, as I said, about 86 minutes. It was budgeted at only 15 million, so that's why Tone Loke was the big star, because it was a smallish budget. Right. Um, and I love that 15 million is small. Yeah, it's a lot. I could do million, a lot million with million back $15 well. million. Dollars. You know, I mean, allow for inflation. We're yeah. probably talking 16, 17 million. Easily. Can I answer that $17 million question? 18, $19 million, you know? Yeah. The Funky told Cold Medina, the song title refers to a fictional aphrodisiac which is presented in the accompanying video as a steaming potion. Okay, like a cocktail. Who yeah, was a cocktail of aphrodisiac. Or like a car. It sounds more like a date rape drug. It does. Oh, my God. Funky, no. No, just no. Based on the video clip where oh. it's just a potion, yeah, some that steam does. you just put under someone's face. 
and then they're all horny for you. That's what aphrodisiac means. You can't. Could, could we horn. get through one film clip before calling problematic? No, because all video clips are horny. Yeah, they are. No, that does sound, that really does sound like a day rape drug. Well, there is, I'm looking it up, there are cocktail recipes for the funky cold Medina on official, like, well, as official as they can look, cocktail websites. <laughs> official cocktail. <laughs> put together by the cocktail. Well, there is the International Bartenders Association, the IBA. Yeah. But, uh, oh, it should have been International Bartenders Society. <laughs> IBS. <laughs> like? Poopin. Oh, poopin. Irritable bowel. Correct. Syndrome. Syndrome. But from that $50 million, they turned it into a box office takings of $107 million. That is quite a turnaround. That's, that's a great deal. That's a hit. You, so you've, you've covered your costs by yeah. that point. Jim Carrey at the end of this film was a winner. <laughs> he never Some says... Some work quote as well. No. He says that. Within her. <laughs> so the film starts off, he, we, we see him, he's a pet detective. He's, he earns his keep by finding missing pets, basically. And claiming the reward. Uh, yeah, it doesn't really seem like he's sought out all that often by people. It seems like he just finds reward posters yeah, around he, town. He just sees a flyer and goes, oh, missing dog reward. That's his full-time gig. Tax-wise, that's a nightmare, I reckon. But also, the the landlord is constantly pestering him for... Well, I say constantly. There's one scene. Asking for him for his rent money, which he says he doesn't have yet, but he's getting it. So he's clearly not doing that well in this profession. Mm. No. Yeah, it was weird that he was, like, angry with the landlord for asking for the rent that he owes. He's like... uh if I find this dolphin or this bird or whatever he was looking for at the time, mm. I'll have your money. Yeah, like, ugh. Just ugh. Give, let me find the dolphin. Let just, just let me live here for free. Fuck. It's really not the landlord's fault that no. you haven't found this dolphin, Basically, Ace. Basically, the landlord, like, sneaks up behind, well, you know, doesn't, just walks up behind him to ask for the money and he's like, the devil? Oh, sorry, I mistook you for someone else. <laughs> <laughs> it's, all, it's all hot zingers. So TD, TD. The dolphin or the devil. <gasps> or the <that>? Dave. <gasps> Synonymous. And then he, so he's looking for the, uh, looking for different pets, but the Miami Dolphins, big uh, gridiron team in the American world of sport, he, uh, that, their dolphin mascot uh, is taken, Snowflake, and he's called in by Monica from, from Friends and the team at the Dolphins to find Snowflake again, and he's on the case. Did you not find it odd that they would have a pool, a fairly shallow pool set up at their football games for the Dolphins? Yeah, that's not a thing, is it, Matt? To splash around. Well, I don't know. I mean, TD is a Dolphin who is their mascot. I don't know. Maybe he's a – I don't know if TD's a man in a a suit or what. They had a pool set up. And they even made jokes about how, like, um, uh, an organisation that I guess was a parody of, like, PETA, it's, it was a different word, uh, acronym that stood for something else, but, like, they get complaints about... Yeah. TT is a man in a suit. Okay, so... That's <laughs> but okay. Do they, do they still make him swim in a pool? Yes. It's very dangerous. They drown all the time. Dolphins are such a... It's a, it's a great sporting mascot. There would not be many teams around the world with the dolphin mascot. I love it. 
Very intelligent animal, Feels apparently. Like hard, hard suit to walk in. Yeah. He's going to have the tail the coming down, the fins. But yeah, I, th- I just thought that was very odd that they would have a quite shallow pool next to the field for the dolphin to just splash around yeah, in. Yeah, it feels like they need more than a, a, a baby's wading pool. Yeah, it was like, it was the type of pool you could probably get from Kmart. Yeah. Like it'd be, it'd be one of the top range ones. Yeah, right. But um, it'd be like a hundred bucks. hundred bucks? I reckon. Yeah. Hell. It'd have a pump or something and like some little plastic stairs. Mm-hmm. Like it's chest high for an adult kind of thing, a family pool. Yeah, and but anyway, the, it was they got in. Someone got in, took took Snowflake away. Not an easy thing to do to steal a dolphin. Um, as the movie goes on, well, this, this is all spoilers. This show always is. Uh, the movie goes on. He's slowly tracking down the the kidnapper of the dolphin, the dolphin napper, and his main clue is a little gem. That he finds in the pool I that was left still, behind. It's so tiny. In the filter of the of the waiting pool. Yeah. And he knows because he's got great knowledge of the jewels used in championship rings. He knows <laughs> that that was from the 1984 runners-up rings uh, in the gridiron comp, the NFL. And that was a Miami's Dolphin player. So he went through the whole roster at mm. the time, which was a fun montage. In a way, I liked when he chloroformed a guy. <laughs> yeah, there's a guy that's fun. trying to race next to every day because he's still a very fit athlete 10 years later. And uh, Jim Carrey's character, just can't, Ace Ventura, just can't keep up with mm. this athlete. So he chloroforms him. So, yeah, by the, like the third or fourth time you see him at the running track, he just j- dies on his back and, as Jess said, took a long time to take him down. Yeah, he's a big guy. I reckon it would take more chloroform for him than for a small person. Right. Um, I liked when he got himself punched so that he could see the imprint of the ring on oh, his head. Oh, that's smart. That was smart. Um, that was fun because he got the punching he deserved. <laughs> uh, what else did he, he do? Was in a mailbox? the only time in the film where he got punched because it really deserved a He deserved a lot more. so many more. There was a wrestle at the end uh, with an, another sporting mascot, the Philadelphia Eagles. But that was Eagle. odd and like not really a fight worth having. Yeah, that was a very strange finish to this very strange film. <laughs> yeah. Well, but we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. And so he, he he went through all the all the team and he couldn't find it. But then of course there was a player that came in later than the photo he was going off, the mm. team photo, and it was the kicker whose name escapes me. Uh, but it was something like Troy Rundle or something like that. No? Remember that they changed it to Stinker. Was it Finker? Oh, Finker. Finkel. 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 Yeah, right, they changed yeah. Finkel to Stinkel. Uh, Very good, good wordplay. Finkel. Because it turned out that that player had cost the team the Super Bowl. Because uh, they didn't they didn't place the ball from laces out like he liked it. Yeah, and they placed the ball in the wrong wrong spot, one of his teammates, and Stinkler blamed the teammate, even though but the crowd and obviously fans of the of the franchise really blamed Stinkler. They turned on Finkel big time and um, basically ran him out of, of the game and the movie made it as if they sent him mad. They made yeah. him um, he needed to go get psychiatric help uh, at a live in facility. And um, then he, he came out and he, he, and he went missing, out. got out, and he, he, no one knew where he was. He snuck out yeah, and disappeared. Around the same time that a newspaper article 
said that a hiker had gone missing in the similar area. Yes, that's right. And then, so, the big twist is the head of the the police force is is, uh, a woman who actually was the kicker, Finkel, uh, who had a sex change. Uh, Played by Sean Young, who you may remember from uh, Blade Runner, the original one. Yeah, right. The robot. I've never seen that movie, so I don't know why I said it like that. Yeah, right. But I've seen the the latest one. Oh, right. Yes, apparently. Because I was looking into her filmography, uh, Sean Young. She wasn't in the film, but uh, came back to to coach the new new actor. Right, there you go. Um, Yeah, so huge twist there. Yeah, sorry, but Sean Young, so her character, she's Turned out to be Ray Finkel, yes. And she's had a sex change, did you say? That's right. Uh, but so Jim Carrey had kissed her and he, then there was a big scene of him, um, being disgusted cause he'd kissed a man Yeah. and he, um, had a lot of chewing gum. He brushed his teeth. With he was like, he was crying in the shower. Yeah. He got naked. He set fire to his clothes. Even though, his clothes. Even the though clothes, the clothes like, were different to the ones that he, ki- he kissed. Yeah. It was, a, it was like a day later. So it sounded like Jess and I, and, uh, uh, were thinking this was all a bit of a weird, homophobic throwback that maybe felt like it just felt like a bit of a strange thing maybe it was just mm. you know a different time back when that was funny to be <laughs> to grossed be, out yeah. by uh, kissing a man but Dave you were saying that that was all intentional yeah like um, sorry, I'm just trying to find one of the uh, one of the quotes about it was uh, basically he was saying that um, he wanted it just to be so out there that it was obvious to people at home that uh, his homophobic reaction was a joke. Like it was a satirical kind of yes. thing. But I want to know when that... Oh, sorry, inter- I, found, I, found the, I found the quote a bit... But could, do you know when this interview was? It actually... It's from the LA Times from 1994, so from the time... Oh, okay, cool. Because if it was like very recently, I'd be like, ooh, a lot of backpedaling happening here. Yeah, yeah no, no, so- no, 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 it was on purpose. So he said, uh, quote, this is Jim Carrey. On purpose. <laughs> very good. Uh, quote Jim Carrey I wanted to keep the action unreal and over the top when it came time to, to my reaction to kissing a man I wanted it to be the biggest most obnoxious homophobic reaction ever recorded it's so ridiculous it can't be taken seriously even though it guarantees that somebody's going to be offended well yeah it does not age well yeah I mean it is like a, a parody of the crying game which had a similar subplot but like even knowing that it probably doesn't age super well because I hadn't seen it at all and I had yeah. no idea that I was sitting there going, what is happening? Yeah, it's not, it hasn't aged well and I can't really imagine it being done now in a way that would be all that funny, even if it's being self-aware and it's it's homophobia. Does that make sense? Yeah, sometimes it can be a very clear, obvious, clever parody and you're like, yeah, okay, that's pretty funny. This one I was like, oh, what the fuck? I reckon I definitely didn't get the uh, irony as a kid yeah. i just yeah i would have just been a little no, homophobic idiot like going uh, <laughs> yeah yeah yuck. that is yeah like some uh, moments that are so cringeworthy like um on the office steve Carell's character michael scott mm. says some incredibly offensive things but it's still very very funny because just the way you know that he's like a terrible character yeah but with this i just felt like it was not, not like good. that it didn't have the same 
tone or delivery yeah. of like like when they do that on the office you know that the people making the show don't really have those feelings and it is sort of sending up that kind of thing but this yeah. was just a bit like does Jim Carrey just think it's funny to freak out over kissing a man yeah do you think kissing a man is funny a bit yuck would you believe this then Jim Carrey wasn't the first choice for Ace Ventura did he wrote it well, I think maybe his writing credit may have come from improvs on set. I don't know that for sure, but... Oh, I thought it was like a screenplay by him. Oh. Actually, I did end up reading that um, in one of these other things when I was looking into it, that uh, him and uh, one of the other writers would uh, spend lots of time coming up with jokes for the film. Right. Right, okay, sorry. Yeah, so he who, punch, punched so it up. So I guess up. they came to him with a concept, and yeah, he punched it up and made it his own. But he wasn't the first choice. No, the first, apparently, according to this Uproxx article... Uh, very close. Matt Ethan Damon. Hawk. The, no, and not Skeet Ulrich, who I know was going to be your next guest because you're a big Skeet fan. Love Skeet. And 1994 was peak Skeet. Was oh. Dave Wright, is it Matt Damon? No, it wasn't Matt Damon. Was it Greg Kinnear? It was, it Can was, I keep guessing? Yeah. Can you give me a hint? River Phoenix. Uh, or I can tell you that he... Um, the, the, Jerry Seinfeld. The first choice... Uh, uh, oh, ...did not choose this role. He chose instead to be in the live-action version of The it. Flintstones. John oh. Goodman? No. Barney, who played Barney Rubble? Oh, I can't remember. Oh, shit. Rick Moranis. Okay, well, we could have got there. Well, you, no, I, I, I reckon I gave you 20-odd All right, guesses. well, I had some good fun. Rick Moranis is... No, he'd be no good at this. It would have oh, been actually, a very different movie. Very different, yeah. I'm thinking he wouldn't have been so good at all the physical and the the over-the-top facial expressions and being gross. But that was the bit that we all disliked. Exactly, <laughs> and that's the Jim Carrey bit. I think Rick Moranis would do a very different bit. Dave, I think you're being very harsh on on Jim. Um, He's fine. What about it? it I, really, I do really like Jim Carrey. A lot. Yes, but we did all find him uh, him to be quite annoying. He was this yeah, it was, this was a bit tough. A little too much. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Yes, I think that maybe as he went along, he did find a better level of being Jim and being funny. Yeah, I think this. I think this movie was definitely made for kids. Even though, well, I I thought that, but then there is the some weird sort of. There's lots of sex stuff. Like within the first like ten minutes, there's he's a, getting a an implied job, he's right? getting blowjob. Yeah, <laughs> like and he's like all over the place. From a lady whose breasts are all over the place. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that is appropriate because we are in the middle now of Blowvember. So <laughs> every movie this month we talk about is going to have a, a blowjob scene. <laughs> so you have to find a primate and a blowjob scene. How many are there? Well, we're just going to have yeah, to watch good. this. <laughs> have to watch this for the next four weeks, oh, I'm afraid. I enjoy that. And there's also, can I just say... Uh, another sex scene between Jim Carrey and Courtney Cox. I was out of the room during that. Oh, you yeah. went to the bathroom at the Poor worst time. Pee, yeah. Oh, I imagine you went to the bathroom to have a wank because you were so turned <laughs> on. Yeah, the sexual tension between them. So, firstly, he calls her. Uh, You're ugly. Says she's ugly. And then, then she's fat. Fat. He keeps making all these fat jokes. It was real weird. And then she goes inside, and he's like, "Yeah, she's all right." And then, like. And then basically she he said he that sol- to the dog. He yeah. solves a crime. One of her co-workers at the the NFL club at the Dolphins has apparently committed suicide by jumping to his death from a high balcony. Jim Carrey or Ace Ventura shows up to the crime scene, shows up to the co- cops and proves why it's actually a murder. And she's so like impressed by that that she pretty much instantly has sex with him. Uh. They go back to his place where all his animals are 
They are banging. The bed is like smashing into the wall. <laughs> They're going that hard. So the, is the monkey there? Yeah, the capuchin yeah. is Capuch. loving it. Which they should have had a scene with the capuchin where it like covers its eyes. That would yes. be cute. That's fun. But I wanted to talk about these animals because uh, according to Mental Floss, shooting the sex scene at Ace's apartment was not easy. Courtney Cox later remembered all the animals had to be chained to their positions. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> No, but the squirrel would get loose and jump on the penguin. The penguin would then bite the cockatoo and soon all hell would break loose and I'd find myself under the blanket with a macaw. Is this? that what they're calling it these <laughs> days? My day we call it a stiffy. <laughs> when was your day? Oh, Matt, you also oh, missed, missed a great line. So they've done this hardcore banging. The hardcore bed is sm- banging. The bed is smashing into the wall. They're pounding. They're going so crazy. <laughs> They're in, well, they've, wait, I hang on. Have they, have they gone to Pound Town? <laughs> they've gone to Pound Town. <laughs> They're smashing. They've taken uh, the... They're ra- to Pound Town. Uh, Express. Stop me on stations to Pound Town, <laughs> They're ramming. They're colliding. They're absolutely deriding. So it's, it's, it's on for young and old, but mostly young. But like age appropriate. Yeah. Oh. yeah sorry. I'm just... Uh, it's on for legally of age. Mm. Yeah, but young in comparison to Jim Carrey now. So they're sure, but Jim I mean, Carrey I'm older than I was five <laughs> seconds ago too. But are you telling me that Jim Carrey today in 2018 is older than he was in 1994? I feel like I've aged since you started this fucking story. <laughs> All right, let me just recap. They're banging. They're what rocking. What do they do? Yep. Don't come a knocking because that bed is bloody rocking. Okay. Anyway, they get to the end of the sex scene. <laughs> and the pets are chained down. <laughs> yeah. Courtney Cox rolls over and goes, oh, my God, like it was the most amazing sex ever. And, he go- and she goes, three times. And he goes, oh, I'm so sorry. This never happens. I must be tired. And then he goes, uh, let's go for four. And yeah, just I'm ready again. Back on. But also, the animals are all kind of sitting in a very orderly fashion, which implies that they got home and even in the heat of passion, he was like, hang on a sec, let me just assemble my animals. Let me just chain my like, animals. Because, I mean, he's got a... It's sure it's a one-bedroom apartment, but they could be in the living room. They could be spread out. He's got them all in one place, just on one side of the bed. Like, he, he showed earlier how much under his command they are. Yeah. When he, fir- he first introduced them, he called them out. They all hid when the landlord was having a look yeah. around, a.k.a. the devil. Yeah, similar. <laughs> when they were having a look, at, he, he came and had a look to prove there was no pets, and then he goes, you can come out now. Like, they were very well trained. Yeah. So, so if they're looking, it's because he wants them to be. Exactly. <laughs> And imagine if Jess, you can. Can I can I ask you something quickly though? Are you kink shaming Jim? I'm not kink shaming. What I'm hoping is that he, first of all, checked that with the lady friend he'd just brought home for the sure, first time. Yes, thank you. That she was okay with the animals also watching, rather than feeling that because performance anxiety is a real thing, mm. and I don't like animals or people watching me or ghosts. Yeah, and they also are often chained. Yeah. You know those ghosts with them rattly chains yeah. when you're just trying to go to Pound Town? All right, ghost of Christmas past. I'm, I'm trying to the, get my rocks off. I'm on the train. Toot, toot. <laughs> well, you know, go on express. <laughs> well, but not, all, not like not express, all, express. Not it's express, always express. express with you though, isn't it, Mark? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, got two, I got two gears. 
uh, stop and go. <laughs> <laughs> my two, my two gears are pound in town. Yeah. <laughs> All aboard. Oh, we're in town mode. <laughs> town mode. Oh, look, a lovely shop. <laughs> a cafe or, and or bar. Ooh, it's a double. Oh, what does pound sound like? <laughs> toot, toot. <laughs> yeah, I like yours better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, what's that noise? I don't want to know. Please don't answer that's that question. Don't I think that's what dolphin I said. related. Clip clopping horse. Oh, okay, that's, right okay, then. Yeah, that's clip quite clopping. nice. Love horses. On a wet day. <laughs> Sound a bit sludgy. Oh, it's always a wet day, mate. <laughs> you did that. You said the W word. Oh, what was that? Whistle. Whistle. Wet your whistle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're so tired. We're just whistling to microphones. <laughs> when uh, when uh, Ace did solve that it wasn't a suicide, it was a murder. That that was one of the bits that was pretty funny. Where he's screaming, screaming and opening, to, the door. to prove that you couldn't possibly hear it out there. He was doing an opera. That was. Yeah, but funny. he's got a sliding door that's got double plane glass, and he's going oh, and then sliding. The, when the door closes, you can't hear. I think him he just put like I would have. I would have loved him to have pushed it for another like two or three minutes. Just yeah, him just yeah. Yeah. open going. and close, and, and it appears like it's one breath. Yeah, that oh. was very funny. That's good. A good fun time. My other favourite scene was when he um, rocked up uh, to a cannibal corpse uh, gig, <laughs> and he just sort of he sort of shimmied in like he was doing a salsa or it was something. Like a heavy metal, everyone's uh, head banging, and he sambas in. Good fun. And can I bring you back to this mental floss article? Apparently, Jim Carrey specifically wanted the band Cannibal Corpse in the movie. Awesome. He was a fan. They wanted wanted them to make a cameo. Cannibal Corpse turned them down at first because they were on a European tour. The band like got Leah. another call a few days later to say that they had rearranged the shooting schedule so they could be there with no conflict. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Once they got to fl- Florida. No pressure. We've politely said no. We've <laughs> come up with a fake excuse. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon if someone says some sort of scheduling thing. Yeah. I reckon just take that as yeah, take the hint there. Yeah. It's like when you back someone into a corner. Yeah. Oh, you you can't, don't want to can't come around for dinner. That's okay. What are you doing any other night? Yeah, I'll work around you. Oh, give me oh. a date. Give me a date. Oh, okay. Yeah. Shit. Great. Well, the the song they are playing in that scene is called Hammer Smashed Face. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a ballad. That's yeah. a love song. <laughs> the, the, the ballad of Samus Matchfest. As he's walking in, uh, they say, I wish I could remember the singer's name, but he goes, I'm just going to slow it down a little bit. So grab your partner real close and do si Here's a little ditty called Hammer Smashed Face. Mm. There are a lot of lighters in the air for do, that one. Be do, <laughs> do, be do. <laughs> It's a real beautiful moment. Yeah, it is nice. 
That was my I, favorite scene. I can't say that's interesting that Jim Carrey's a Cannibal Corpse fan. Yeah, I would have picked him to like uh, Banjo. I was thinking he'd be like a Scar guy. Not a scat man. Oh, fuck. <laughs> you can never remember the difference. I don't know what music is. Oh, what that? It's hard. There's a. You can look it up on YouTube. I'll show you later. And for listeners at home, is it uh, look up a guy who doesn't know what music is? <laughs> it's a series of vines. It's very funny. Well, that is a hot. He tip. doesn't know what music is. It's great. <laughs> How do you not know in today's oh, age? It's so funny. Was this set in the nineties? Yeah, it's set in the nineties mm, before music existed. Yeah. Yeah. Pre-music. Ugh, what a time. Yeah. Pre-9-11, pre-music. We, we all remember when music began, and that was with Britney Spears' hit song, Toxic. Mm. Yeah. And, and people were like, everyone was cupping their ears, like, going, what is, that? what is this? No, It's like a noise, only it's intoxicating. Yeah. Didn't mean to put toxic in there. I really you didn't. Did. I really you didn't. I swear did. to God, I didn't. I you swear. I swear to God. You I swear to God. Little bitch. Oh, you put you your. Did. You put your finger down. You did you, you dog. sneaky bitch? No, you shot. Oh, such stop a sneaky it. bitch. No. No. How about yes? We got yes. Dave. Loser. Dave, who's a sneaky bitch? This guy. I'm pointing at that prick. All righty then. I did read somewhere else that they were pretty keen on creating like catchphrases that they hoped would take off in pop culture. Oh, that's never good. Yeah. Don't give yourself a catchphrase or a nickname. That's what my was the rule. catchphrase? Like stuff like "Alrighty then" and like just like funny like little lines that they hoped that people would quote and. Well, uh, in the Uproxx listicle I was quoting from before, it mentions the "Alrighty then" phrase. Apparently, that came from his stand-up act. Ventura's cadence and trademark phrase didn't fully develop until after Carrie did several read-throughs of the script, frustrated with uh, trying to find the right tone for his character's lines. So it just said all righty then over and over again. (laughs) So hang on, he worked through that many times and that's what he settled on. I guess, I'm I'm guessing he's just like turning it up and turning it up. Yeah, there's no, he doesn't ever jump like sideways and try something different, he'll just... Try something more. 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 <laughs> oh, could you give me a little bit more? <laughs> it's his director. Um, oh. What was the director's name? PJ Hogan. PJ Hogan. <laughs> no, I made that uh, up. Give me a little bit more. More. Jim, and he'll say, Who's Jim? Jim's not here. I say, Oh, sorry. Ace. 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 Can we talk about how probably the coolest thing about the film is the name Ace Ventura? That's a great yeah, name. Yeah, that's a name. I rip it. Uh, you think of the, the that's the kind of thing you think of the character name, and then you think of a movie. Do you think it would be? Uh, yeah, because Pet Detective follows that so naturally. <laughs> Do you think that would be a good band name, Ace Ventura? Yeah, sure. Thank Sounds you. like a scar band. <laughs> I think it's just it looks like a guy. What about Ace and the Venturas. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Like, we yeah. love an Ember. Yeah, I do love an Ember. Dave's reassembling pillows on the cushion so that he's basically lying. <laughs> what down did you now. call this couch before you t- said it was some fancy thing? Chesterfield. Chesterfield. God. Chesterfield, and Chesterfield just means lots of buttons. Yeah, it's just the style. Yeah, of a leather couch. We're sitting on a bloody big couch. Yeah. More like it. Am I right? <laughs> you <laughs> no, are right. No. 
I so I'm I'm only just getting my head around the fact that leather is skin. Oh, Isn't it weird? What? Anyway. No. I mean, that's just I know you're right, but I'm Am I right or am I right? I, my other alternative right now is standing up, which is not an option because I'm very tired. Nor is it for the cow who uh, <laughs> I think it's been standing up for 15 years since it yeah. turned into a couch. Um <laughs> Has anyone ever thought about putting this couch on a couch? Giving it a little break. Oh, yeah. Couches aren't sitting down. They're standing. They're yeah, ready to be standing. sat on. They are, in a way, slaves. Um, anyway, I didn't even finish this uh, sentence. Frustrated with trying to find the right tone for his character's lines, Carey used a voice from one of the characters in his stand-up act and applied it to his Ace Ventura table read. You might also notice Ventura's similar manner of speaking to Carrie's uh, the In Living Colour sketch, Overly Confident Gay Man, <laughs> which sounds like a fun sketch. Yeah, it sounds like that would have been funny at the time and now. Yeah, I reckon that would hold up. I like when people name sketches. Yeah. Well, now, here's Python, one. Monty Python, dude. Here's one. A little, little ditty we like to call Overly Confident <laughs> Gay Man. <laughs> Alrighty then. Uh, did you know this? He his movements and everything. He based them all off uh, and after studying the movement of birds. You know, he walks funny and stuff. Apparently, that's. Remember <laughs> when he went into the bathroom <laughs> and, he, <laughs> and he locked the door? <laughs> and he walks. He walks really straight. <laughs> The funniest, <laughs> the funniest moment of the film was your observation of that. It's like, who are you walking like who, that Who are you for? doing this Because like, he was sneaking, but it's like, like you're in a room alone. You don't like need to he, sneak. He gets up in the morning to go to the bathroom. He gets out of bed <laughs> and that's how he walks <laughs> to the Knees toilet. Knees up to his chin. Yeah. <laughs> this weird exaggerated creep walk. <laughs> So I'm sh- there's got to be a moment when that guy cries himself to sleep, yeah. surely. So who am I doing this for? <laughs> I'm so alone. What have I become? There's got to be a moment when that guy cries himself to sleep. Yeah, Ace Ventura is very sad. I'm just so zany all the time. But I also like that they kind of... Because, you know, within the first ten minutes he's hooking up with this hot babe and then he also hooks up with... Courtney Cox. It's kind of... Are they trying to get it that he like he does well with the ladies? I love that. Yeah. That sounded like a put down. He hooks up with his hot babe, then he hooks up with Courtney Cox. <laughs> That's not yeah. how I meant it, but I just mean like he gets he gets women and it's like, no, nah, it's not going to happen. I mean, the, but the film did start and one of you remarked, oh, there's a hot guy. Like Jim Carrey was hot back That was then. Matt. Yeah, that was definitely me. And so Jeez, he, he was looking hot early before he started talking and moving. Yeah. So got, in the opening scene, because he's, he's, he's driving, and he's, so he's, he's not doing any of the weird movement. Right. Like, oh, yeah. He had young, fresh face, bright eyes. He's always been a stud, though, like in a goofy, goofy Hulk man style. Yeah, maybe. That's why, I mean, that's how you become a big movie star, I, I guess. You've got to be at least a bit hot. He'd be a nightmare, though, I reckon. 
Oh, well, it I, seems I, like he'd be a lot of work. Would you sanction his buffoonery? I will you? not. No. I but couldn't either. Famously, that's what... Who was Jack that? Jack Nicholson, wasn't it? No, Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy, Tommy Lee Jones. Jones. <laughs> very similar in my head. Playing Two-Face opposite uh, Jim Carrey's The Riddler. And they bumped, film. bumped into each other at a restaurant during the taping and, and Jim Carrey thought they were friends, but like, w- yeah, Tommy Lee Jones... Invited him over for lunch and apparently said, I cannot sanction your buffoonery. Yeah, but then Tommy Lee Jones was in Men in Black, so, I mean, what you know? Yeah, I'm just guessing Will Will Smith wasn't, uh, like, probably was yeah. way cool. Like, what are you saying Jim Carrey and Will Smith sort of a similarly I'm just saying, goofy? Like, no, I'm saying Tommy Lee Jones sounds snobbish in that story and that he's like, I'm a real actor. Oh, right. And then it's like, you did Men in Black. Oh, but like if, you, if you saw the movie that they were filming at the time, that is even... Oh, yeah, true. He, he, and his character in it is, is like kind of Jim Carrey-ish the way he plays Two-Face as well. He does a lot of that weird... <laughs> I reckon he studied some birds yeah. uh, before he... What kind of bird would you imitate? Oh, me. Oh, some sort of beautiful swan. Bit of grace. Only a beautiful one. Yeah. That's interesting. Matt? Um, I'm My favourite bird probably would be the penguin. I was going to say penguin. Yeah. Because when they're little, they're so fluffy. I don't know which And they kind of waddle and it's just cute. Oh, yeah. Emperor penguin. Emperor? Yeah. It's hilarious when they waddle like a thousand kilometres over the ice. I like it Fairy when... Fairy penguins are great too. I like it when penguins fall over. Not... And they don't hurt themselves, but they slip on the ice. I, oh, shit, that's cute. Because, you know, they're like... They're just like a way cooler version of a guy walking down the street, tripping and turning into a jog. Yes. They trip and they turn into a, like, sliding Slide. down the ice and, like, jumping into the water. So On cool. their back, like, flipping and then putting their hand, flippers behind their head, like... I meant that. Ain't no big thing. Yeah, I, I love the fact that, that um, penguins, like, emperor penguins are known to push an, one of the other penguins into the water to see if there's any predators down there. So they're standing on like like an ice cliff, ready to jump in. Oh, I wonder if there's any seals or anything down there. Push one. Oh, Greg's all right. <laughs> they all dive in. I love that. So they sacrifice one of them. They're, they yeah. put their little canary down the mine as yeah. their mate, probably their brother. There you go, that. Greg. Poor old Greg. Do they great. mate for life? Yeah, I think they do those ones. That's cute. And then when if the partner disappears, I think they're a bit lonely, it's a bit sad. Oh. See, hey, that's, why did you bring see, that up? I think it's we're nice. all having a good time. Yeah, oh, yeah but it's, it's funny when we're pushing Greg down the down into the sea. There's a now. lesson in that too, though, isn't there? In that it's all well and good to have a partner, but you can't be one of those friends who gets a new girlfriend or a new boyfriend and then just forgets about your friends, because your friends will always be there for you, right, guys? Whereas a penguin might not. Nah, they're flaky as shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe they go off for a hunting season, and they. You know, get eaten by a seal because they're selfish. And don't the daddy penguins sit on their eggs? If uh, Happy Feet taught me anything, yes. See, that's great. Modern parenting. Yeah. It There's two parents, you know, Yeah, at da- least. These days, dads sit on eggs all the time. Yeah. It's a good, yeah. it's like the latest uh, ice bucket challenge, isn't it? Just putting eggs under your dad's seat. I think though, in, in that case, it is just, isn't that just meaning that the... The male penguin is doing all the work? Nah. So in my... No, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. What I meant to say was it's so cute to see the dad penguins babysitting. <laughs> uh, it's a little patronising of the dad penguins, Jess. Mm. 
They're sitting on eggs. They're sitting on eggs. And that ain't easy. They're doing all the work, are they? Well, the mama penguins are going out getting get all the food. Getting their nails done, are they? No, I think they're, I think they're out getting the food, are they? Because they're a team. <laughs> you, I can't, I can't, I'm flip-flopping I can't, on you oh, here. <laughs> you, you're walking stranger than a penguin over there. Thank you. You've been studying, yeah, studying been, the walk of a penguin. Of course. Did you know that uh, Ace Ventura's talking ass that you're such a fan of? Came also came from In Living Colour. I'm just a fan of Jim Carrey's ass. Yeah, so I'd like oh. to be put on the record saying that. Yep, you're. That is now on the record. Thank you. So according to the director, uh, I can't remember what we called him, but apparently his other name is Tom Shadyak. Yep. He said uh, he saw Carrey goofing around with his talking ass gag on the set of In Living Colour and mentioned to him that he thought it would play well in the movie. Apparently, uh, the scene resulted in several people walking out during the film's test screening. Oh, people just bail. Walking out. That's relatively early in the film too. So like, they're walking like, out. Okay. Yeah, I've seen enough. I've sanctioned enough buffoonery wow. for one day. And they kept it in. Yeah. That was a bold call. And here I am, 14 years later, grateful for that decision. Yeah, they did it. it that was... is comedy. It's my butt talking to you. That's hilarious. A f- talking about that's funny stuff that i think that might even be is that rule number one in comedy i forget the the top 10 rules but that's what, well what that's it, why you're no good at comedy yeah that's right because I, I can't remember the rules yeah but I, yeah i don't talk out my ass enough not it's, literally it's number he one he took talking out your ass to a real literal literally, place yeah. didn't he? and that's bold and admirable did you know that horrible reviews, this is again from Uprox, horrible reviews didn't stop it from becoming a cash cow. Oh. It, it was reviewed pretty poorly. Um, Hugely shocking. Got a 45% on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, and it was called A Long Unfunny Slog Through an Impenetrable Plot oh my by God. Roger Ebert. They thought, Roger thought that was long? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it felt, it felt pretty brief to me, but it, the plot was a bit, I mean, it was... A series of sketches kind of loosely yeah. tied together. Mm. Um, but yeah, obviously it still made a whole lot of cash. I've got uh, a few bits and pieces of reviews here if you want to hear some. Um, like, uh, unlike famous bumbling sleuths such as Inspector Clouseau, there's no consistency to the ace character and the whole movie shifts in tone from social satire to sophomoric pranks and traditional cop show plotting. Do you think, uh, like, they kind of make Ace good at his job in a way? Like, he's... Yeah, he's, he's a really good detective, right? That's pretty yeah. clear. Cause he, but they never push it far enough that you're actually on his side. I don't think you're on his side. Um, yeah, I guess... Because I, yeah. I, I still disliked him all the way through. He did because he was yeah clearly very a very good detective. Yeah, I don't, is he though? Because at the start he's looking for that uh, very rare white pigeon for twenty five thousand dollar reward, and then he goes to get it and he ends up falling in a dumpster. <laughs> the pigeon falls. Yeah, because he like he sneaks up on a bird and then tries to lo- jump at it. I think as a detective he found the bird. Okay, so he's he's just not a very good catcher of yeah, birds. Yeah, which is two very different skill sets. He also, and that's why he got in a brawl at the end of the film uh, when the eagle mascot um, sh- accidentally shoes away this rare bird. No, 
Got it. Yeah. And Ace goes to the mascot, you just cost me 25 grand, idiot, or something like that. And then they punch on. I mean, they don't really punch on. He just assaults the bird. Yeah. yeah and then it just cuts to every other character seeing him do that and like laughing. Being like, yeah, like, good stuff. Oh, classic Ace. It's like, oh, what he's the always, fuck is wrong with you he's people? He's always bashing like teen people. Like teenagers dressing up as mascots of the he, game. He stops kissing Courtney Cox to go and assault. No, he goes to catch the bird and then assault someone. Yeah. And she's still just smitten with him. And it's like, what? What is wrong with you? That's how Jim Carrey wrote it. He said, she stays smitten yeah. with me. What, At the no power point does she pen. reconsider. Uh, this is a positive review from TV Guide. Ace is not the typical movie goofball, smart aleck or idiot savant. He's a genuine weirdo who happens to be stunningly competent at his job. The same can be said for the film's justly popular leading man. Okay, yeah, that's probably... Because he is weird. He's really weird. He's like next level weird. You you think so? I reckon. Uh, What about this one? This is uh, from the New York Times and it is not positive. Only a child could love Mr. Carey's character, but that may be the point. The movie has the metabolism, logic, and attention span of a peevish six-year-old. Two out of five. Do we know what it was rated? Uh, well, it must. It had to be rated. Well, it had to be rated M, right? Surely, with those. With the. There was. Was there swearing in it too? A bit of uh, swearing. I don't recall. No f bombs, but I think some s bombs. S bombs. I think so. Like suck it, Matt. Sorry, I'll bleep that. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. It's got to be M, surely. I think so. Well, mainly, yeah, the sex stuff. Because right? I thought it was like aimed at kids, but then rewatching it, I was like, this can't be for children. Yeah, but I mean, it was all implied. There was no nothing graphic. I think we were just kids. Maybe it was probably PG. That's what I'm thinking. Mm, Dave, thoughts? Yeah, I reckon. I reckon the PG. That's why they they pushed the sex scenes, like um, the the blowjob stuff. You never really saw anything. The lady just disappeared and then he... Where would you think she'd gone? Well, I guess that's like as a kid, I would have had no yeah, idea. Yeah, like as a kid. So you never actually see anything. And in the, the bed, the covers are fully on. You, know, you just see the smashing of the bed frame into the wall. Yeah. And when he's attacked by a shark, he d- d- doesn't break his skin. The shark's teeth are sharp enough to cut through his pants, but not his but skin. It. Yeah, yeah, true. It's got to be... So I guess, yeah, they were just holding back on all that stuff yep. for that reason, which makes sense because I imagine they probably would have struggled if it was an adult-only audience, probably. Uh, but so you, you you didn't love it, Jess. What would you give it out of, out of like, say if a full bunch of bananas was six bananas? Sure. How many bananas would you give? Three. Three bananas. Half a bunch. Yeah. And And where would they be on the ripeness scale? Green or... Uh, they'd be, it'd be like the last day to eat them before okay. you've probably got to freeze them and use them for banana bread. Okay, great. Banana bread, that's what your go-to would be if you're using an over banana. What other options do you have? Well, you can make that, that sort of banana ice cream stuff. Nah. Great. Uh, that, I mean, that was the main I like, reason I wanted I like you to banana, but not banana-flavoured things. <sighs> Flavoured things. I love banana and banana flavored things. I'm a bit of a kook. You're such a kook. Yeah. That's where we differ, you and I. Yeah, I'm a kook, and you're a straight edge, straight lace. That's me, Dave. Out of six bananas, or oh, two bananas, two bananas. Yeah, 
Yeah, because I didn't have any of the nostalgia that I guess some people watching this did because I hadn't seen it before. I think and that plays a huge part in watching these yeah, kind totally. of movies. Yeah, totally. For sure. And I would say that they were very, very green bananas. Oh. And I like them ripe. Yeah. So, come on, guys. Pretty damn. That's a pretty damning banana report. Yeah. Because have we talked about the end at all? Oh, the no. Big no, no. You want to talk us through the ending? Well, it's just the, the bit that, look, looking back now, it's, you know, dated the worst. Yeah. Is that the end when our... NFL fan that has that's behind everything, the one that couldn't kick the field goal. What was that guy's name again? Finkel. Finkel, who has uh, transitioned into a woman and joined the police force and is now a high-ranking police officer. Yeah, in a f- what assume a short period of time. Yeah, we think it would all happen in two years. Join the police no, force. I'm pretty sure they said she disappeared. He had broken out eight years ago. Oh, eight years. Oh, yeah. yeah. It wasn't two still, years. That's a, still a fast oh, ascent sure. to the running a whole police department. Yeah. Anyway, I don't think they were probably worried too much about No, probably not. Timeline. No, but uh, basically the end of the film is like, you know, a bit of a climax when Ace Ventura is trying to... He tracks Lois down and uh, she's kidnapped... The, the NFL player and the Dolphin. And then her colleagues show up to arrest whoever's behind it. And she says, this guy did it. Ace Ventura is the one you want. And then the way he defends himself and says, no, Lois, your boss, isn't actually Lois. She's Finkel. And the way he proves that is, first of all, he tries to grab her hair off. She couldn't possibly have long hair now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like that logic. And then that doesn't come off. And then he says, well, how about these breasts or something like that? And then opens her top up and then she's in a bra. Yeah. And he's like, oh. With boobs. Those are real boobs. Okay. But he said any doctor could put them in in a couple of days. Yeah, that's right. In a weekend. And then he strips off her skirt, leaving her standing there in her underwear, admittedly. But there's no room for any male genitals and and what he expected to find mm. and he's and they're all like oh well clearly she is just lois and then she's just standing there stunned yeah i guess as you would be if you've been stripped in front yeah, of it's all pretty... your work no mates. honestly i would have tried to cover up my body at some point oh yeah no that's probably true yeah she's but if just... you, you i imagine you could be in shock because it's pretty pretty upsetting what he's done and then uh the big reveal that she does, in fact, have male genitalia still because there's a reverse shot and you can see, like, what I imagine is balls and stuff. In, and stuff. And stuff in, in the reverse of her pants. And then it's like, ha-ha, I've got you. You were a man. And it's all a bit like, oh, my God. Yeah. I was watching that going, what is happening? Yeah, and then everyone there starts spitting out. Um, oh, that's that, right. They all, that yeah, all, all, all the police officers start spinning. So weird. Big finish. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, if that's not upsetting enough, then he does. Uh, he uh, he grievously assaults that uh, mascot for no real reason. Yeah, just to add, just to and add then it to sort it. Of zooms in on him, and there's a freeze frame, and that's the end of the film. Yeah. But there were some of the some of the criticisms of the movie was that it was a bit mean spirited, but um, yeah, oh, no, yeah. it's funny because it's so goofy. It's all so silly, but yeah, it is all a bit. Um, yeah, somehow he's, a, he's not a nice character. Like he's mean. Yeah, it's weird because he seems like he's. I oh, I I remembered it so differently. Does he have a friend? Can you think of a character he's friends? He's with? friends with the animals. That's why he they're even, chained up in his living he room. He even <laughs> yells at one of the dogs and says, "I don't have any food for you." Yeah, that yeah. was a bit weird. So like it's no, your I don't, fault. I don't even think animals are his friends. He's literally not nice to a single person. 
Not the detective he wants help from. Not the lady he somehow bangs. Sorry, takes to pound town. No one. He's not friendly or kind or nice to anyone. Hmm. He's a grade A dick. Yeah, he really is. He is like the cop would be closest thing to his friend, Tone Loke. And he even helps him. Yeah. Why would you help him? He's a piece of shit. He's very patient, Tone Loke. Very patient. I guess he's just had a funky cold Medina. Yeah, taking the edge off. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do. You got to do what you got to do. Um, and normally how we, we finish off uh, talking about uh, the film, it would be with the, the monkey or the, in this case, the monkey, but the primate on screen, <laughs> how much of yourself do you see in that monkey? Because we found on the first episode with Andy Matthews, he told me that 98% of the uh, chimpanzee's DNA is shared with humans. So how much of yourself as a percentage from 1 to 100 do you see uh, in in the on-screen monkey? I often watch my housemate uh, have sex. Yep. So quite a lot of myself in that monkey. Very relatable. Are you chained up normally? Oh, yes. Yeah. I'd also like to point out I live alone. So your housemate is you. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> you like mirrors all over my room. Some sort of a fight club scenario there. Yeah, <laughs> you're punching yourself in the face. Yeah. Is that what that movie's about? Who is knows, that, right? Is that what you're? I mean, a lot of it's left up in the air. <laughs> think? <sighs> but Dave, how much of yourself do you see in that? Monkey, how reliable. Well, with that, I can only assume that that capuchin who was enslaved by Jim Carrey also uh, dislikes him much like I do. So <laughs> I see about a 99% match between oh, wow. that capuchin. Also a real good mover, much like you, Dave Warnicky. Oh, live to move. Live to move, move to live. Sadly, I'm chained down. Yeah, yeah. I'd say I'm, I, I really I love the capuchin monkeys. They're, man, I, yeah, it's a, that's a real bummer to hear that the animals were all chained down. Like that? That's just, I mean, it, it obviously a scene like that where they've got such a range of animals in one room, it feels like it's not ideal. But I imagine yeah. it would have been a, not a filming nightmare, but yeah. So don't put it in. But also there's a lot of bummers in this film, mm. especially the talking bummer. <laughs> what is that? The talking bum. That's just being oh. silly. <laughs> Um. <laughs> so what? what so uh, we didn't actually ask how many bananas you gave it, man. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I, look, I, I, I remember loving it as a kid. I probably would have said at some point in my life that it was my favorite movie. I reckon. Wow. I, I reckon. I used to love Jim Carrey. That era of Jim Carrey where he was exploding. I still really like him. I just find when he was in that early, huge, um, cartoon character era, I, I find that a bit hard to take now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I and I, I I didn't really feel any nostalgia for it because of that, but yeah, probably probably one or two. Okay, I don't want to have the highest rating. I'm putting mine down to two. All right, two. So the three of us together give it one bunch of bananas. Yeah. And I'd say yeah. It, Out I'd, of a possible three. Just because yeah, I'd say I'd equate his overacting to overripen as well. Mm. So with Jess, I reckon they're ready to ready to go in the freezer. Um, and I reckon, yeah, the, I, I really love the capuchin monkeys. I'd say, um, yeah, like Dave, uh, I'd find, oh man, I, I don't think I could live with him, but being chained down, let's say 63%. Okay. Now that brings us up to everyone's favorite segment of the show, the primate sporting mascot segment yes. time. 
Um, and this film was the the most uh, sporting mascot heavy film we've looked at. Yeah, it was so a central far. plot. Yeah, that's right. Snowflake. Snowflake, stupid name. And then it finished the big finale with the Eagles mascot wrestle. Um, but I, I had a, an email from Dylan Graves. He emailed at dogoonpod at gmail.com. And he said, I wanted to send you a couple of potential mascots uh, for your end of show. Do you segment. go on pod or do you have a primates one? Oh, bloody hell. Primates pod. I forgot what podcast we're on. I'm very tired. It's quite confusing because you're used to us. Primates pod. Yeah. Um, yeah, because Jess handles the do go on pod. I can see why you were pretty quick to correct yeah, I'm that. Not, I'm not handling any more emails. Um Anyway, uh, Dylan has suggested the superstars, and I have not been able to figure out what, what this is, but he said they're not strictly a team, but they are animal versions of some of the world's greatest sporting legends. Uh, and he said there's a couple of them uh, uh, primates, including Bobby Orangutan, which is a, a play on Bobby Orr, a hockey legend, okay. and Monkey Mantle, a play on Mickey Mantle, Mickey Mantle from the New York Yankees. And I've looked up their... <laughs> The website, and it it is a wild time. Okay. They've got other other characters, and I think you can pay for them to come. It's just like men in suit kind of mascots, and they come to your parties or whatever and entertain you. Everyone's like, oh, wow, Monkey Mantle's here. <laughs> yeah, it's so cool. How did your parents get Monkey Mantle to appear at your fifth birthday? But you could also get Barack Olama. Oh, I like oh, that. That's good work. Yeah, that's I'm good on board with that. Uh, you've got. I'm trying to think of any, see any that I understand. Dennis Frogman, <laughs> Dennis Rodman. Uh, well, who else we got here? Uh, uh Elephant Presley. Oh, imagine. Ter- I mean, it's, it's not even the same syllables. Yeah. La Bronco James. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> Shit. Shaquille O'Seal. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. That's a good Whale stuff. Gretzky. All right, anyway, there's a, there's a whole... Old... Wait, hang on. I just saw one that has really grabbed my attention. Tiger Woodschuck. He's already got Tiger in his name. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Tiger Woodschuck. That is funny. What That's about, good fun. What about a Crane Warn? That's great. And I reckon uh, there'd be a lot of in in the American marketplace. I reckon there'd be a lot of. What <laughs> <laughs> market? Oh, how did you get Crane Warn to appear at your sixth birthday party? Uh, Australian bowling record holder in the. Uh, sorry, guys. It's a pun on Shane Warn. Um, so Bobby Orangutan. This is the. They've got a little um, bio for him. It says, "Meet the monkey who makes King Kong look like a ding dong." <laughs> Orangutans aren't monkeys first off. In the first sentence, they've already stuffed that up. It's Bobby Orangutan, the Boston hockey hero. This romp and rump shaker can really shake his humongous moneymaker. His funny fur will give you the gorilla giggles. He's not a gorilla. Curious George ain't got nothing on this big, bad, bouncing, banana-eating baboon. Not a baboon. Whoa. But anyway... It's a, it's it's all fun, but they've just they fucked. It's it. a little bit of offensive in there. Yeah. Uh, and then monkey mantle, if you want it, I'll I'll give it to you. Here it is. Everybody, hold your bananas. <laughs> all right. What's the next step? It's monkey mantle, the former New York great himself. This Hall of Fame ape ugh, 
loves to shake his derriere. Even though he's an old-timer, this monkey still has some moves, like a fine wine. Monkey Mandel only gets better with age. He's the premier primate performer at his position. It's only one error there calling him a, an ape. But the, it all sucks, though. Yeah, I don't. what is this business? I think I, I, I can't tell you for sure, but I either love it or I hate it. Yeah. I'm not 100% sure which I, side of the fence I'm on. I absolutely love it. I yeah. love that I'm aware of it now. Yeah, I think I do love it too. Six bananas for me. <laughs> Thanks so much, Dylan Graves. That is a, a great suggestion. Um, if you can make any niche b- business like that work, I'm so happy for you. Yeah. Superstars. I love yeah, that's it. Good stuff. From, that is someone's dream and they've made it happen. I hope that they are successful. So, it's okay. So, what kind of party are you calling up superstars and saying, I want Olama? Awake, obviously. <laughs> Wait, Obama, Olama? No, what it's was what it? she would have wanted. Barack Olama. Barack Olama. Thank you. Barack Olama. Oh, what about Olama bin Lama? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was getting. I was confusing myself. In uh, not a good way. Um, yeah, so you, you're into that, Dave. I love that about you guys. You get on board. Always. I'm so happy for them. I'm so happy for those. <laughs> I'm going to cry. Boys and girls. Uh, now it's time for Circus Watch. Circus Watch, uh, for you guys, if you don't know, it's the segment where we talk about Andy Circus, the patron saint of this podcast. Now this I cannot sanction. He's the man who played two of the greatest apes on screen. King Kong and Caesar from the reboot of Planet of the Apes. What about, was he Gollum as well? He's also Gollum, another great primate. Um, Schmeagle. I don't know. I, I don't know if he played Schmeagle. Okay. How did that all work? I don't understand it. Yeah, no, nah, he did both. I just know he loves to wear, wear balls all over his body. He's uh, a ball boy. He's a ball boy. Uh, this email is from Tate Evans. Uh, he... He had a little... Because I've asked if you've got any connection to Andy Serkis, if you've seen him, you know him, or you know someone who's seen him, please message him. I love all your stories and get us just a little bit closer to meeting the great one man one day, have him on the show. This email from Tate says, Hi, Matt, I live in Vancouver, Canada, where a lot of Hollywood movies shoot B-roll and stuff like that because uh, it's near a forest. This story comes from a friend of mine who works as a stunt actor and was on set a couple of times for the second Planet of the Apes movie. They were filming stuff in one of the closed set forest locations, and they had just taken a break for lunch. As he was walking across services, he passed by Andy Serkis and congratulated him on doing a good job. See, we're getting... that's Now we're... What do I mean? Me to Tate, Tate to his friend, friend to Andy Serkis. Was that four? Four? Three. Three. Three uh, Kevin Bacons to success, or whatever that game is um circus thanked him and asked if he was heading to get food my friend said he was and asked if mr circus would like to join him even though the star actors get their own special food area circus agreed to join him and they chatted for a bit uh, about his other acting roles while eating and then uh they gave the 15 minute call for getting back on set and andy circus said bye to my friend and he remembered his name even though it was just a quick chat over lunch it may not be the wackiest story, but it does show just how good of a bloke Andy Circus really is. That's nice. Thanks so much for that, Tate. That's lovely. It's what a, a beautiful story. story. What a lovely bedtime story. A beautiful bedtime story as we are all <laughs> slumping down yeah. into, what did you call this couch? A chatterly. 
Chesterfield. Chesterfield. I can't keep my eyes open. Chesterfield. Yeah, I feel like I'm falling asleep. Well, that's where you're coming up at the very last bit. Just enjoy this part because this is where we get to thank <laughs> some of our Patreon supporters and they tell uh, us their favourite primates. Awesome. Um, Did I tell you mine? What is yours? This episode? I've got a new one. Oh. Uh, I was very happy to discover that this primate exists. It is probably the coolest primate. He's padding while he finds it on his phone. Well, I'll give you, while you're finding that, I'll tell you Alexandra's favourite. And that is the squirrel monkey. Because that was Pippi Longstocking's pet, which she loved when she was a kid. I forgot that Pippi Longstocking had a pet monkey. We could do the Pippi Longstocking film. Yeah. Thanks so much for that, Alexandra. So if you want to support this show and uh, other shows in this network, including Dave's Book Cheat, which is a show all about classic novels, or Do Go On, which is our podcast about all sorts of fun stuff, like... Good sell. Uh, uh, this week's episode, Dave, is about a man who could eat anything. Yes, a Frenchman, Terrare, in the 18th century, who uh, basically could eat absolutely anything, and did eat everything in front it's of him. It's so gross. He had an insatiable hunger, and then he turned that hunger into his job. What a guy. It was a great. That was a great love story. A Crazy story, but live their passion. But yeah, uh, yeah exactly. I, I do not live wanna... it, breathe it, eat your passion. Love that. And also, Dean Clark. Uh, Dean Clark's favorite uh, primate is the Pokemon Prime Ape because Pokemon are better than real animals. Oh, I do like Prime Ape. He. Uh, so there was. There's Mankey. Do you, know, do you know much about Pokemon, Matt? So there's a Pokemon called Mankey, and then when it evolves, it evolves into Prime Ape. Ah, right. Mm. That sounds real cool. Yeah, it is cool. I'm pretty sure he has boxing gloves. Oh, I love it. Uh, or, or at least big fists. Yeah, I think I remember him now. I'm going to, yeah. I reckon we'll probably definitely have to do a Prime Ape episode someday. No, oh, I'm definitely keen. You still needing me to pad? Not that oh, no, no, padding. I found out the Howler Monkey. Have you ever had anyone suggest this one? No, I don't think so. Yeah, it's Howler Monkeys are cool. It's so cool. It's the largest of the New World monkeys native to South and Central American forests. These monkeys are very famous for their loud howls. Why are they called the Howler Monkey? That makes sense. And only, uh, and one of only a few nest-building monkeys in the world. Ah. So it builds a nest. Love that. There you go, Howler Monkey. Howler Monkey, that's a cool-looking monkey. I'll, I'll post a photo of that on social media, which is, uh, what's this show called? Primates, <laughs> Prime Mates Pod, and that's on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and the, at Gmail. Uh, Kevin Ulysses Packrad, a great supporter of the show, he says his favorite primate has got to be Gigantophithecus. Because they seem really cool and could be an actual Bigfoot, though they're extinct. Or I guess my favorite primate could be Bigfoot. Either way. Great. I love Bigfoot. I'm going to do a Bigfoot episode as well, for sure. Probably Harry and the Hendersons with John Lithgow. There we go. Yep. Wonderful. And then finally, Sarah Young. Her favorite is Diddy Kong. Uh, she says, she put it with an exclamation. That's what I read earlier. Yeah, Diddy nice. Kong. Got a level of energy there, yeah. He races... And has banana pistols. So cute. Like, I don't you think can you can have ar- it all. You can't argue with that as yeah. reasoning for the why it's the best primate. You can have it all, both uh, racing yep. and banana pistols. Yep, that's all I've ever wanted. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. Thanks so much for uh, staying up with me tonight, you guys. I'm going to bed. <laughs> 
<laughs> before Dave's already asleep. Before you do, uh, do you have anything to plug? Nah, my butt. Plug, plug, butt plug. What about your Twitter or something? Oh yeah, Jess underscore per- yeah Jess underscore Perkins on Twitter. Jess Perkins on Instagram. Uh, do go on pod. And that's what I do. If you're in Australia, you can hear Jess weekly on Triple J and popping up in different shifts at all times of day. She'll be on there in the afternoon, the morning, the night, the mid-morning, the midnight, the surly days. The surly days. Dave, what about you, man? Uh, you, you did already mention my uh, podcast book cheat, which is relatively new, so I'd love if people uh, get on board there where each week or each episode comes out twice a month. Uh, I've read a classic book or a play and I give two very funny people a cheat book to it. So uh, by the end of the episode, both you and they will be able to pretend you've read it. So, so far I've done Othello from Shakespeare. I have done The Great Gatsby. I've done The Picture of Dorian Gray. And Of Mice and Men is the most recent episode. And both Matt and Jesse have been on an episode each. And uh, it's a bit of fun. Mm. Had a real good fun time. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, I'd, I'd highly recommend checking out that show. But that is all the time we have for uh, for this week. If you want to check us out on social media, like I say, it's Primates Pod on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, you can email at Primates Pod. Uh, G- at, wait, what? Primates Pod at gmail.com. And... Um, <laughs> If you want to support us on Twitter, on on Patreon. Support me on Twitter. I need it. <laughs> Tweet in praise now. Um, on Patreon, our Patreon is patreon.com slash pod, And you get uh, stuff like uh, shout-outs at the end of episodes, but you also get bonus episodes for Do Go On and other things. Lots of fun stuff on there. Uh, it would be so cool if you could give us a five-star review on iTunes or whatever you listen to us on. Uh, Dave's podcast Just give us a five star on Twitter Cheat has got way more um, positive reviews than me And you're not bitter about it at all And I've existed for much longer than him I'm much older, centuries older than Dave And Mm. it feels unjust I know I'm sorry Look, I've given you a five star review He's just that good I've only got one iTunes account I can't do it again No, Dave definitely deserves more. I understand that. It's fair enough. But uh, it would be it'd be nice if you if you had the time. No pressure, of course. Don't don't think I'm going around pressuring you. I'm not pressuring you. See, that's your problem. I pressured my (laughs) listeners. I think it's so nice that you're listening at all, and I really do appreciate it. Thanks so much for that. Um, Hopefully, we'll see you again soon. Uh, Jess, uh, at the end of the episodes, we always go out on a on a riff sort of catchphrase that we pretend we say every week. Okay. Um, Dave, thanks so much for joining us this week. Thank you. See you soon. I think we'll probably see you again on next week's episode. I can only hope. uh, And we're going to do it during the day so we are awake the whole way through. Jess, thanks so much. We'll see you next week as well. And as we always say on Primates Podcast. Uh, Bananarama. (laughs) We sure do. (laughs) Laters. (laughs) Bye. podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.